Welcome to the Treat the Cause podcast with Dr. Greg Emerson, physician, professional athlete, dive instructor, yoga instructor, wilderness survival instructor, and biohacker. Combining lessons from history with medicine from the West, East, science, tradition, and spirituality to optimize health, performance, and longevity. Right, good afternoon. I'm back. I've had a bit of a break, basically because... I wanted some time to try and work out what direction, what message I wanted to do with my use with my podcast and my YouTube channel. And I finally worked out what that is and the direction I want to go with both YouTube and podcasts. So welcome to the new version of the Treat the Cause podcast. This podcast at its core embraces two foundational paradigms. The first is that health comes from living in harmony with nature's laws and rhythms. The Gaia theory poses that living organisms and their inorganic surroundings have evolved together as a single living system. This is the core principle of my life, work and research. And we're going to explore that through these podcasts, this relationship between us and the rhythms of nature. And the second foundational principle or paradigm is that Bitcoin is money for the people by the people. It's a unique, once-in-a-lifetime, decentralized, permissionless monetary system that provides the path forward for humanity away from war and towards peace. And finally, as part of the intro, this podcast is proudly sponsored by Promethean Health Formulas. It's not really sponsored because it's my own brand of health formulas that are made out of living foods and are handmade. I only use organic and biodynamic ingredients and they're also uniquely infused with red and infrared light and healing sound frequencies. Now, if anybody else wants to or know somebody who'd like to be a sponsor of the podcast and the YouTube channel, who shares my enthusiasm about those two foundational principles, I'm most welcome to taking on other sponsors. So you can contact me through any of the multitude of different ways of contacting people these days, and you can see if that I like the fit. Okay, so let's start off today with... The news. So each week it's going to be a discussion of the latest news in health and the latest news in cryptocurrency. So let's do, we'll always start off with health because that's most important for me. So let's have a look at the health news for the week. The first news was the fascinating research showing that bacteria have DNA which codes for circadian rhythms. So bacteria know what time it is and the function of the different systems changes depending on what time it is they have their own internal clocks now this is not just bacteria but this is the most bacteria, most basic bacteria rule there are photosynthetic bacteria which convert sunlight into food and energy and some even bioluminescent bacteria converted into their own light but the most basic bacteria are non-photosynthetic And even they have genes for coding for a circadian rhythm and internal clock. So bacteria, which are the original life force on the earth, 
scientists think the Earth is about 4.5 billion years old, and they think that bacteria have been there for about 3.5 billion years. For the first billion years, it was a lonely place with no life form on it, and then bacteria came along. We don't really know about viruses, but viruses aren't alive. They're a tiny strip of DNA or RNA surrounded by a phospholipid membrane. So we're not going to count them, although I suspect they have been around for as, at least as long as bacteria have. But bacteria are the first living organisms on the planet. And in fact, we have all life forms on the planet have evolved from bacteria. Bacteria, about three and a half billion years ago, well, actually two and a half billion years ago, Something like that. What, give or take a few billion years. One bacteria ended up engulfing another bacteria and that engulfed bacteria became the mitochondria of the new organism. So now you were left with basically two life forms. Bacteria, which didn't have a mitochondria, and the other life form, which was a bacteria, which now had a mitochondria. And the bacteria with the mitochondria then went on to become either plants or fungi, and then animals evolved from the fungal lineage. So you've got, basically now you've got, we all came from either two lineages, bacteria or the bacteria which contained mitochondria. And we evolved from the fungal lineage, which is interestingly because that's why it's very difficult to treat fungal illness. Because if you look at an animal cell underneath a microscope, it looks very, very similar to a fungal cell because we had the same evolutionary lineage, which makes it very difficult to kill a fungal cell without also killing the animal cell, which is why treating fungus is a lot more difficult than treating bacteria. My point to make is that is how important that circadian rhythms are if the original bacteria on the planet 3.5 billion years ago had genes which coded for circadian rhythms. Second thing I want to talk about was what's called the entourage effect, because I write about that a lot at the moment. What the entourage effect means is that plants, where a lot of our medicines come from, produce a lot of different phytochemicals. Because we stick a plant in the soil, which is full of bacteria and viruses and fungi which want to harm the plant. So the plant has learned over time to produce a number of different phytochemicals to help defend itself against that attack. Now all those phytochemicals are required for the plant to do that optimally. It's an inclusive paradigm, not a reductionist paradigm. A reductionist paradigm is where you take one of those phytochemicals out of the plant and use it then as a medicine, but it lacks all the other phytonutrients that it needs to work properly. It's like I always say, that carrots are not the only ingredient in a carrot cake. If you just use carrot, you end up with mashed carrots, which is not the same as carrot cake. You need the other things in the ingredients in the, in the recipe. And, and later on, I'll talk about how not only do you need different ingredients, but you need to also add them in the right order. Otherwise, you can have all the ingredients for a great carrot cake. But if you add the ingredients in the wrong order to the recipe, it's going to come out as not being nearly good carrot cake. So that's the entourage effect. It's an inclusive paradigm, not a reductionist paradigm. Now it's the same thing when I talk about cascades of biochemical effects because I often write in my writing that A increases the risk of B. That's not the same as A causes B because most illnesses that we're faced with are multifactorial 
in origin. They just they don't just have one cause. I was out cutting some long grass around my property the other day with a machete, and that machete got with a, a big swing got far too close to my finger, and I cut my finger. Now that injury has a singular cause, basically me being dumb with a machete. If that finger then got infected, even with that, there are multiple causes for that because not only is there the injury, there's also the infection, there's also my immune system involved, there's also my exposure to sunlight, etc. So even, even the most basic of illnesses are often multifactorial. So the way to think about that is don't think about a single cause of illness. Think about the cascading of biocumulative effects. And what I like to describe it as is if you think of a river heading towards the ocean, the ocean is the final illness. The river is the summation of all of the streams that run into that river. So the art of medicine is working out what are the streams and what are the river which you end up with the ocean with. And we know now from research that 90 to 95% of chronic illness is caused by mitochondrial dysfunction. So the river are your mitochondria, but then the art of medicine is what, is what are the factors that are involved with those mitochondria which end up causing the final illness, the ocean. Last thing I want to talk about with health research was the news about bacteria and junk DNA. Today's all about bacteria. Bacteria and, and therefore, and, and our cells as well, have a whole lot of DNA in it, in our cells, which scientists can't find a function for. And that DNA has been called junk DNA. It turns out that a lot of that DNA has come from our exposure to viruses over the course of evolution, which have been had their DNA or RNA incorporated in ours. And we have called the DNA, which we can't find a function for, junk DNA. Now, of course, what we found out just last week was that junk DNA does have a function and that DNA turns out that it's what codes for environmental signals and circadian rhythms. So we found out six months ago that mitochondria are free in the blood. They're not just inside cells where they thought they were and we don't know what those mitochondria free in the blood do yet, but I'm convinced that we will eventually find out that, that is how our body communicates between organs about environmental inputs and it's our junk quote junk DNA in our DNA which encodes for those environmental inputs and these the ones I've discovered so far codes for our circadian rhythm so now we've come full circle that we've found out that the most basic forms of bacteria have DNA which codes for circadian rhythms and now we have know that our Inside our cells, we have areas of DNA previously thought to do nothing, which also encode for circadian rhythms. So that's why I'm fascinated that a lot of the health recommendations that traditional populations have used about circadian rhythms, have recommended about circadian rhythms, are now being proven in science that it actually has a strong foundation. All right, finally, let's talk about a little bit about Bitcoin. I'll presume that people listening to this don't have a, a, a lot of knowledge about Bitcoin, but there'll be some complicated stuff and some basic stuff over time. But let's talk about what Bitcoin is. So Bitcoin is a digital version of a sound monetary system, whereas gold is the analog version. What's a monetary system? 
A monetary system is a way that we can maintain value over time versus currency, which loses value over time. So we want a system where we can store something and it retains or increases its value rather than storing currency, which over time loses its value, basically because of inflation. The other thing I wanted to talk about with Bitcoin was the difference between a decentralized Bitcoin and a distributed network. So Bitcoin is, at its core, a cryptographic way of storing monetary value, and it is stored on thousands of computers known as nodes around the world. And those nodes are run by miners who record this ledger of transactions. And because it is stored around the world on these computers, it is called a distributed ledger because these nodes are distributed all around the world versus decentralization. Decentralization means that there is no one in charge. Bitcoin is for the people, by the people. There is no CEO, there is no head office, nobody can be shut down, nobody can be paid more or paid less. It is has no central control. It runs on the blockchain, which is a decentralized system, which we'll talk a lot more about in the future. You'll also hear people talking about stacking sats. You can look at the Bitcoin price now and you go, wow, who can afford to buy Bitcoin? But you have to remember that Bitcoin is divided up into 100 million Satoshis. So one Satoshi at the moment is less than one cent, way less than one cent. I think it's, you know, I can't remember, I looked at the data today, I think it was 25,000 Satoshis in a dollar or something like that. So when you hear about people talking about stacking sats, that means they are over time, dollar cost averaging, buying a few Satoshis and increasing their store of value by accumulating more Bitcoin. So nobody that I know is buying Bitcoin. We're all stacking Satoshis. And one of the benefits of a decentralized system is it's permissionless. Anybody can stack sats. Anybody can at any time buy, sell, or transfer Bitcoin anywhere in the world. And in fact, the country which has the highest percentage of Bitcoin transactions is Nigeria, which is a very young population and the leading country economically now in Africa. And one of the benefits for the Nigerians is they have had seen a profound devaluation of their local currency because of hyperinflation. And they've also got strong controls about moving their currency out of the country. The beauty about Bitcoin, why it's been embraced by the young people of Nigeria who are really pushing that country forward, is it's permissionless. You can send Bitcoin anywhere in the world to anybody you like in a matter of seconds and any value of Bitcoin. So that's the benefit of it being permissionless and decentralized, just like the sun, which I write about a lot. If you want to know how I utilize this information and you want to support me in my work, then I have my Patreon page, Dr. Greg Emerson, where I talk about going to depth and a lot more about which cryptocurrencies I'm doing research on and also how I incorporate these health principles in my life to live a 
stronger, healthier, fitter, more enthusiastic life. And it's www.patreon backslash DR Greg Emerson. Thank you very much for listening. Peace and love as usual. I'm off to the beach to get some sun, to get my permissionless, decentralized, entourage effect of sunlight, not just vitamin D. Sunlight is an entourage effect because I'm also getting nitric oxide, I'm getting stimulation on my T cells, I'm getting melatonin, I'm getting serotonin, I'm getting endorphins. It's a decentralized, permissionless health system. I'll see you next week. Peace and love. Thanks for listening. Bye.